Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Mariners get two in the fourth. They lead the Astros 2-1 as we head to the fifth in the American League Divisional Series, OutKick 360. Final hours here, just like that. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. An hour left on today's program, and then tomorrow, live in Knoxville at Cool Beans as we bring you the atmosphere and all the storylines with Tennessee, Alabama, and all the great games. Six top 25 matchups this weekend, and we'll break those down. We'll go through week six of the NFL and much more. That is on tomorrow's show. Coming up in 20 minutes, one big thing on every NFL game. One of my favorite segments every week. Chad, uh, each week on Thursdays, we're also taking a look from the Vegas lens of, and, and courtesy of Phil Steele and philsteele.com, and he was gracious enough to give us this information, which is behind a paywall for the SEC. The teams and where they would be ranked through the Vegas eye on neutral field and how Vegas values certain programs versus the AP Top 25. And it's interesting to follow this based on how voters in the AP Top 25 value wins, losses, or who you lose to. Vegas is looking at this saying, which team's better? Neutral, neutral field, who would be favored? And this gives you an idea of why you see certain spreads lopsided. For instance, um, Alabama's ahead of Georgia. And they've been that way, I believe, the entire time in Vegas. It's flip-flop a bit in, in the AP Top 25. Tennessee's right where they are in the AP, though, at six overall, six in the country. Mississippi State and Ole Miss are neck and neck, eight and ten. So right now you've got five programs from the SEC in the top ten on Vegas favorites. Maybe no surprise, but maybe a surprise of the programs represented where it's Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. We're not seeing Arkansas. You don't see Texas A&M there anymore. They lost. They're now down to 22. They were 10 last week. Um, those are the two big uh, points of emphasis for me is Vegas really likes uh, both of the Bulldogs and the Rebels and what they're seeing right now. We're seeing Ole Miss this weekend with a nice a nice game, and Mississippi State's on the road. They're taking on Kentucky. Yeah, Mississippi State-Kentucky is a huge game this week. Ole Miss-Auburn. But we talked about you know v- Vegas not lying. You know, this is yeah. – this is uh, you can cram the numbers, no put favorites. into an algorithm – they're not playing favorites. They don't have an AP voter history. They didn't go to a certain school and favor that school over another one. Right. So it's important to take a look at these numbers and say it for what it is, which is this is an unabashed, uh, not rosy, glass colored, whatever you want to look at, slanted poll. This is what Vegas said the money, where the money would be if you've got two teams meeting on neutral field. So I think it's important to look at this every week. And I'm glad we're doing this courtesy of, of philsteel.com every single week on the show. Um, here's the thing that jumps out to me. Here's what Vegas is telling us. Kentucky's not very good. They're 37th. They're right around South Carolina and not that far off from Missouri right now a, as a team. 
Now, you can look at that and say, well, is Kentucky good with Will Levis and not good without him? I would argue, and we could go back and look at the last couple of, of rankings, they've been lower than their ranking yes. every week. Yes. Even with Will Levis, even not factoring in Will Levis. Well, keep in mind, Kentucky. We, we pointed this out. There was a huge gap in Vegas on Ole Miss and Kentucky. And we were looking at why we've seen Kentucky go on the road and win in Gainesville. And Ole Miss was favored by six and a half or seven, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that week. Yep. And we're, man, that this, this doesn't seem right. And I think Kentucky covered there. They, they, they were able to keep that a close game. Ole Miss won the game. And it was a very lopsided poll that week in Vegas for the Wildcats. They don't value them unless they're playing at home. And even when they're playing at home right now, uh, you can look at Mississippi State. I think the, the line's, what, four and a half? For the Bulldogs? It was four, yeah, four, four and a half. Last I saw, I thought it was four. And some of that could be Will Levis coming off injury and whether or not he's playing. I think we mentioned yesterday the idea that the thought is he is. But still, um, defense and run game, that doesn't carry with Vegas when it comes to Kentucky like it does with other programs for whatever reason. To me, very consistent, though. Like that, they, their defense for the most part shows up. And when they go on the road, we saw it in Florida. We didn't see it at Ole Miss. So, Mississippi State at Kentucky this week, this is a mirror image of Tennessee at LSU the week before. Uh, for, for Miss, uh, from Mississippi State's perspective, this yeah. is a chance to snuff out the life of Kentucky, quite frankly, in this season. And any hopes they had of reaching any expectation they had in the preseason, they're not going to reach it if they lose at home to Mississippi State. This is, this is a reclamation project now for Kentucky – after that home loss to South Carolina and the loss at Ole Miss. Now, if they go on and beat Mississippi State, it's all right there for them still. They still get a, ch- a crack at Tennessee. Uh, they're still going to get a crack at Georgia. So there's still enormous games left for Kentucky. But we saw what Tennessee did to an LSU team that's just not as good as they are. They put it on them on the road. They were a three-point favorite. I think it closed at two and a half. Going into that game, right around the same mark we're seeing Mississippi State yeah. at Kentucky as a four-point favorite. So I look at this as a similar opportunity for State. I don't think they're going to go down there and win by 27, or go sorry, go up there and win by 27. Geography is important. The way Tennessee went down there to Not LSU to the ACC. and and won by 27, yes, or originally the Big Ten, <laughs> but. I think Mississippi State's the better team right now, and if Will Levis isn't 100 percent. Or he can't go in this well, game, then Mississippi State is a much better team. So let's also say that in late July, Kentucky was the talk of SEC media days. Mississippi State was picked what sixth, fifth. I'm trying to see where they were. They they were low. They were in the West. they were fifth. They were ahead of Auburn. They were fifth or sixth in the SEC West. Yes. Um, and now I feel as though that's flip flopped where Mississippi State has taken over the Kentucky spot of expectation. And it's based on what they've done the last two weeks. They put up, what, 42 against A&M. They put up 40 against Arkansas. And now they face another, I mean, two programs that known for defense. Now they're getting an opportunity with a program known for defense that's very consistent to go put up more. Mike Leach's team this year is playing very calm. Uh, in, in big moments. And I, I think that's in due in large part to the fact that he's got now in what the third, he's got the third year starter at quarterback and uh, with Rodgers and then players around him that have been there with him for quite some time now. 
They got a bit better uh, in the run game. Uh, guys you can lean on. And that's, that's what we're seeing now as the season draws to the heart of conference play. This is a tough team. And they're in similar ways, I, I trust that not as much. I trust them, though, that they're coming in to put up points. And you've got to match that. Kentucky's not matching that. Will Rogers is breaking SEC records left and right. Uh, he just passed this past Saturday Aaron, Aaron Murray's completion records in SEC history, the former Georgia quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, they're calm because it's a reflection of the calm leadership of their quarterback. Here's the other thing about Mississippi State. they got a great defense. That's what no one wants to talk about with Mississippi State because it's all about the air raid and Mike Leach, and I get that. But their defense has been very good this year and very opportunistic. So this is a really good Mississippi State team. Two biggest surprises in how good they are this year in the SEC, to me, is no doubt Tennessee, Mississippi State. Those yeah. are the two pleasant, shocking surprises. Not that they're good. There was a lot of talk about, hey, watch out for Mississippi State. They're better than people think. And Tennessee was picked, I think, third by third, the media. Third. Right behind Kentucky. So it's not like they were picked towards the bottom of the SEC East. People thought they were going to be pretty good, but they were outside the top 25 to start the season. Here's the, and now, now here they are sixth in the country. Here's the other thing, though. They, last week, they completed passes, Mississippi State, to 11 different players. Six of those 11 had at least 40 yards receiving. They're just rotating guys in, and you know I think they're just they're starting to hit their mark a bit. I'm not, I'm not thinking they shock the world and pull some massive upsets you know, as they, they take on Alabama or, and down the schedule. But this could set up a great egg bowl. That's what I'm thinking as I look ahead here. Yeah. Because while Kiffin's group, and he deserves credit because the transfer portal, he's brought new guys in, two new coordinators that he, you know, he lost some really good play callers on both sides of the football. They're playing winning football. Uh, I'm really intrigued by that matchup now. And, you know, this, this offense, and you mentioned their great defense this year, they're in it, right? You can't just count them out uh, the, the same way. Now, they've also been healthy, and some of their opponents recently have not been. That also plays a huge factor. But even with that, Vegas is telling us that they, they trust them on a neutral field to put up points and, and cover the spread. Um, Auburn, second worst value in Vegas right now. That's Ole Miss's opponent this week. It's 11 a.m. Central kickoff for the SEC. Is this Harson's last stand? Well, I've, we've asked this question probably four different times this year already. And I remember... This could get ugly, though. I remember the win over Missouri where Nathaniel Pete from Missouri fumbled it into the end zone <laughs> in overtime that would have won the game for Missouri. And remember what we were immediately thinking when that happened, Hud, and we came back on Monday and said it. That fumble kept Brian Harson employed for at least another week. And then a missed the way kick. it felt. There was something, there was something there was a, else. There was too. a missed 19 yard yeah. field goal at the end of regulation. And that's the reason they went to <laughs> overtime in the first place. And then I think Auburn hit a field goal, mm -hmm. and Missouri was running it in to win the game and fumbled it out of, out of the end zone. Um, there's that big separation, too, still from Auburn to Vanderbilt that Vandy's just not getting out of that triple digits right now in terms of Vegas rankings yes. nationally. They led Ole Miss at halftime. On Saturday, I'm watching that first half, and, I'm, and I, always, I knew going into that game, we talked about it, this yeah. could be a weird game. That's a weird matchup rivalry game every year. Was it 14-0, 14-3, something? Vandy, Ole Miss are constant opponents from east to west, and that game always is just funky, I feel like. A year ago, it was a 14-point win 
for Ole Miss, and they and they were great. And then third quarter, third quarter light switch, blown out, L- lost. I think fifty two twenty eight was the final score. No no problem for Ole Miss. Yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to rock Auburn in I this game, too. and then Auburn has the bye week. So to answer your question, Hutton, I think this is it for Brian Harson, and Brian Harson can set his sights. Uh, on the Colorado job, on the Boise State job, on pick one of those jobs out in that part of the country, that's where he's going to go next. Um, Chad, Davey, you guys may know this better than me because I haven't seen the full rankings. Where's BYU on this? Arkansas is going to BYU. On a neutral field, they're ranked 28th. Arkansas is. So I don't see, I don't know the BYU. We're, we're checking it. But I'm curious about this because KJ Jefferson's back and you have the SEC program going to a fantastic atmosphere. This is 20, so BYU is ranked 25th and Arkansas is 28th. This is going to be a great game. Yeah, this is, uh, Hutton, this may make an appearance on my top 10 games of the week tomorrow. Oh, it, it better. I mean, I, this is, I'm, I'm really. It does not have a lofty ranking, but it, it, I, um, will, it will reach the top 10. Well, here's, I don't think many people are going to watch this game. It kicks off the exact same time Tennessee and Alabama kick off. So uh, there's a bummer there. Uh, set your DVRs, though, to go watch this instead of just look at the final score because I'm intrigued by the style of play and the game in the trenches between both of these programs. Where, where did you say you had Vegas? I'm sorry, you had... Uh, 25th is what I was told. Tw- 26th, 26th for BYU. Okay, so it's 26th and 28th. Unless I'm seeing an older, an older ranking. No, the, uh, I'm looking at an older ranking, so Davey, I'm sure, has it right. Either way, they're right there next to each other. Um, I, I, yeah, I think this is going to be a cool scene for college football. BYU's been underwhelming this year though at times outside of that big win over Baylor I think they beat yeah they beat Baylor in Provo this is a big one for for Sam Pittman in Arkansas trying to avoid four straight so uh, it's gonna be a fun one and this is not I mean this is not your typical October out of conference matchup I I can't remember I mean I'm not not just that it's a team from Fayetteville Arkansas going to Provo Utah and Arkansas and BYU playing I'm having a hard time remembering a lot of October non-conference SEC games, period. And I know this yeah. year changes a little bit because I know Tennessee has homecoming against UT Martin next week, for instance. But th- this is always – this is a September-type game, right? This is like first three weeks of the season. You would see this type of matchup early before you're in the heart of, of conference play for both teams. So it's, they, it's odd just that it's happening in mid-October. They're, they're a completely different – team without KJ Jefferson whenever he's banged up and he, you know he's playing hurt some last year too missed recently and now the expectation is he's coming back BYU has lost six games dating back to 2020 that's it and they're extremely hard to beat there yes. Chad and I had the the pleasure of going there just to check out a college atmosphere there um what, maybe we were there 10 with, years ago. We so. were there with Middle Tennessee. This yeah. is probably eight to 10 years ago. And we threw football on that field. Remember, they had a walk through the night before. Yeah. We were down the field and grabbed but the, the football the, the and, setting and threw itself on that field. Is, it's awesome. It's great. You know, the mountain landscape, you know, you got the snow capped mountains and uh, the, the fan so base is really cool. The uh, I was watching the, the Eli's places that went back in the history of BYU. The big Y, the, the logo that's on one of the mountains, mm-hmm. that's called Y Mountain. And when you look at it from the stadium, Hutton, I don't know what you're thinking, but it doesn't look like something you just walk up, like the way those mountains are in the background. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. You're, but it's, yeah. it's a trail. You can walk right up there and take pictures on the Y, that big stone Y that's up on that mountain. You can 
can hike right up that bad so boy. So let me also mention this for the those looking for a little extra knowledge on this game. So I mentioned they've lost six games since 2020. All six of those games were games kicked off before 6 p.m. Mountain Time. This is a 2.30 Central kick. This is early for them. So get ready. Uh, four of those this, games were 1.30 Mountain Time. So that, that's exactly the kickoff time. I want to start hearing weekend. as much about these problems for BYU as we hear from LSU fans about kicking <laughs> off in the morning. That needs to be the next thing. Like, how dare you not give us a nighttime game in a big in a big matchup well, like I, this? How from, dare you? Aside from atmosphere, it is a no. How dare you? It is an advantage if uh, you have one team that's used to one time zone versus another. Now, I'm not saying to go change your sleeping habits the way Michigan State did with with Washington, but. Uh, uh, if you're kicking off a little earlier against an SEC opponent that's used to kicking off at 2.30 or 3.30 Eastern, you know, that's, that's the other thing. It's uh, Was it um, Bill Belichick that went down to what, Miami what, a week early? Who, whose restaurant did we humidity? have dinner with? Robert uh, Redford. Yes. Sundance. Yes. We went up to Sundance. Wasn't, I couldn't remember that. Wasn't there a rumor that he was there that night too? He was there that night. Or I feel like that's always like he the said thing. At our is, table. This person's here. <laughs> he actually sat in Hutton's lap. It was weird at first, but yeah, then exactly we all where Chad is right now. We for all, those listening. We all accepted it yes. after first questioning. We then said, "This is Robert Redford's place, right? <laughs> he sits in the lap of whoever he wants." And that night it was Hutton's lap. A very uh, wonderful, uh, uh, just fantastic Bison. drive up to the Sundance that's Resort. Right. They're outside of Provo, Utah. I, I don't know what town. It may be Sundance, Utah, for all I know. Maybe. His resort, but it's, it felt like an hour and a half away. It was not a close drive when we went to dinner from Provo. That, that was my memory of that drive. One, one quick note, and we'll hit this, we'll hammer this tomorrow in our college football preview. With an Ole Miss win and an Alabama loss, the Rebels sit atop the SEC West on Monday or Sunday. When we Lane's come back. revenge. If Tennessee pulls the upset, Lane's revenge. Kiffin's schedule set up the way it has, where everything would be in front of them at that point to get to Atlanta. Not saying I'm picking that. It's just an interesting scenario we could be discussing uh, come Monday here on the show. Coming up, we get you ready for week six across the National Football League. One big thing on every NFL game. That's next on Now Kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This football weekend cannot fail us. That's how I feel right now. With all the great matchups in college, uh, some really good games in the NFL uh, that will all lead to Sunday afternoon in Kansas City with Chiefs and Bills. And then, of course, Sunday night, Philadelphia hosting Dallas. But surrounding that, Chad's a really good Sunday slate. And college football, wall-to-wall on Saturday is going to be awesome. It's just no bad sports days right now this time of year in October especially with Major League Baseball playoff action postseason action yeah. going on right now great Saturday 
slate of games that we'll get to tomorrow with the top 10 games of the week. And Hutton, you've got something see, big on way, every NFL game. Yeah, Seattle up 2-1. Sorry, I, I uh, looked around the camera just to see the, the, the score. Is it in the sixth? Seattle's up 2-1 to one in the top of the sixth, but the Mariners have the bases loaded with two outs All right, we'll against keep, the Astros. We'll keep uh, everyone updated there. Yes, Chad, uh, one big thing. One big thing. On every NFL game. So uh, a weekly note to get us started. According to ESPN Stats and Info, since the NFL went to eight divisions in 2002, there have only been three instances where a division has three four-win teams through the first five weeks. The 2020 AFC North, the 2008 NFC East, and the 2002 NFC, or excuse me, the AFC West. And now we have the NFC East that has also accomplished this feat. Prior to this season... You had the favorites in the NFC, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and Los Angeles with the Rams. They can still be in the mix. Right now, those three three teams are a combined eight and seven. And right now, you have uh, NFC East that is smoking everyone. Yes. Uh, and those three teams I'm talking about, Tampa, Green Bay, LA, they are combined one and two against the NFC East. Bye weeks this week for the Titans, Raiders, Lions, and Texans. Here we go. Thursday night football, Commanders, are in Chicago taking on the Bears. Brian Robinson is your starting running back. The man was shot twice in the leg in the preseason. He starts tonight for Washington. Carson Wentz is 6-0 on Thursdays in his NFL career. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. But Wentz is taking sacks with Washington. He's turning the football over. Offense was 1-for-11 on third down last Sunday. Are we on Taylor Heineke watch? Are we on Heineke alert on Thursday night football? High, maybe not. We're on high Nike alert. Yeah, maybe it's like an orange, not red. Maybe it's orange. But going into week seven, perhaps. Threat level Perhaps midnight. we see it. Per action network. So right now the over-under is at 38 points. If the over-under closes at 37 and a half or less, a combined score tonight on Thursday night football, it will be the lowest total for a Thursday night football game since 2018 when the Titans played the Jags. That game closed at 36 and a half total points. Titans won that game 30 to nine, which means the game went over miraculously. Derrick Henry had a big game in that uh, one, right? Probably. Yeah. That's Seems normal. like one of those Part games. Part of the course when yeah. he plays Jacksonville. Uh, not exactly compelling football to, to tune into, but at least they're telling us that up front, unlike last week. Uh, Jahan Donson, Logan Thomas out again for Washington. 49ers and Falcons get us started on Sunday slate. Uh, the 49ers have been in West Virginia all week. They stayed in West Virginia after beating Carolina. They're staying on the East Coast. Uh, and then they'll be in Atlanta on Saturday. And Nick Bosa, will he be there? He's got a groin injury. He's on the injury report. After four games, he led the NFL in sacks with six. Quarterback hits. And depending on which uh, your which website you're looking at. He's got 16 of those. I look at NFL Jesus on this. He also has been credited with 22 pressures or 30 pressures, depending if you look at Pro Football Focus or a different site. I look at Pro Football Focus. He has 30. Uh, whichever organization you trust more uh, doesn't matter because Bosa is leading the NFL with either 30 or 22. He's that dominant. Will he play? If not, this is a grinded out type game for the Falcons, where they play tough. They were screwed over last week in Tampa where they felt they had a chance to win, and we saw the roughing the passer, roughing the passer in quotations against Brady. 
Uh, nonetheless, the 49ers are the better team, and they have the best player if Bosa plays. But what you're saying is this Bosa guy's pretty good. He's, um, That's what I'm hearing. He's legit. Statistically, he's pretty good. He's going to reset the bar for pay for defensive players, I feel. Uh, Patriots, they're in Cleveland. The Patriots can get back to 500 with a win, and it is Bailey Zappi again at quarterback for New England. According to NFL research, the Patriots are 5-0 and under Bill Belichick with quarterbacks who were drafted outside of the first round making their first starts. Zappi did that <laughs> last week. Uh, the rest of the league with quarterbacks drafted outside of the first round making their first starts. 30-80, and and Belichick is 5-0. and the Take man that. knows how to mold greatness out of a, a late-round quarterback yeah. pick. But what he really knows how to do in these that that you're not showing with that stat necessarily, not that you're not showing, it doesn't show, he's great at getting the defense ready to help support that player in his first Yeah, time. I mean, they, they went to more of a spread style, and they had a pro-style quarterback with Mac Jones. Zappi's the opposite based on what we've seen in college and, and through high school with his numbers. Uh, Belichick, by the way, is going for win number 324 overall. And that's going to tie him with a win, would tie him with George Hallis for the second most all-time wins for NFL head coaches behind only Don Shula, who has 347. Jets at Packers. Green Bay back from London. The Jets coming off a big win against the Dolphins. Green Bay is 3-2 and two overall going into week six. That's the worst record for Matt LaFleur since he took over through five games uh, as head coach. The Jets have seven interceptions entering week six. They had seven all year last season. And that's due in large part to some great young players on both sides of the football with their their overall play right now. And Hutton uh, immediately remorseful of his decision to eliminate the Jets from playoff contention. Yes. I think pretty quickly you were remorseful of that. I've, I've told them the GTFO and now I... Do you want to... I wish I could you wanted to, call them and... You want to GTFI to, yeah. to get in. I want to drunk dial them now. Get back in, yes. yes. Uh, Jags at Colts. Uh, so far this season, Matt Ryan, Chad, Matt Ryan has fumbled 11 times. Not in 17 games. In five games. He is on pace. If he plays in every game, he is on pace for 37 fumbles. The current record for quarterback fumbles in a single season is 23. Wow. He already has 11. By the way, Kerry Collins and Dante Culpepper are tied with 23 fumbles each. Um, does he get 37? Probably not. Could he get 24? Oh, yeah. The guy, the guy has a, a major issue this year uh, with his offensive line and, and the pressure he's facing. Jerome Bocher is also uh, the, the white hat in this, so expect a very muddy... Uh, disorganized Expect game. chaos. Yes. That's also not the record Matt Ryan was hoping to chase when he got to Indy. The fumbles I, I'm record. staying away from this game and my upset picks tomorrow because the home team has won 10 straight games in this series. Vikings and Dolphins. The Vikings are winning close games this year. They did not win close games last year. That's the difference in the perception of the team this year. Uh, Kirk Cousins. He completed his first 17 passes last week. That is a Minnesota franchise record. Um, there are those that would say, like Clark Judge, he would argue that is a sign that it's never been easier to play quarterback in the National Football League. 
the fact that Kirk Cousins completed 17 straight passes. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, they took out the ping pong tables. Armando Salguero giving us that uh, tidbit. Um, hoping that it would give more focus on game prep. You know, how about focusing on getting the guy who didn't have a concussion out of concussion protocol and allowing your backup quarterback to play? That would be my advice See, over I, ping I would, pong. I only understand removing that if that independent neurologist was playing ping pong right. when all this went down. That's a reason to remove the ping pong tables. You got to get that guy away from the ping pong tables. The Vikings defense allowing nearly 370 yards per game. That puts them in the bottom half of the league as they take on the Dolphins this week in South Beach. Uh, Saints are hosting the Bengals. This is going to be a cool atmosphere. Joe Burrow is back in Louisiana on Sunday. Jamar Chase, back in Louisiana on Sunday. Andy Dalton's facing the team that drafted him in Cincinnati. Eli Apple is also returning to New Orleans. Eli Apple, who uh, was talking trash on social media back in January of this year, when he said that New Orleans was the dirtiest and smelliest of any city or fan base for a team he's played for. Uh, So when Cooper Cup shredded him in the Super Bowl last year, an entire city of New Orleans, like, jumped all over him on social media. Rise up. Rise up, Nola. Get, uh, Get ready. For a scene between those two, and you know, maybe uh, maybe Eli Apple's mother will be in attendance as well. Uh, she to, speaks to, for him. To his defense, though, New Orleans is an extremely smelly place, <laughs> just naturally. Well, he said some other things. If you're in, if you're in the French he also Quarter, said they were the worst fan base. Very, very smelly. So yeah. that's actually a, an objective fact. It, I, it, not the worst. He, I think he tied them with the Giants. To say well. a fan base smells is is <laughs> over the line. That's where I that's where I draw the line. But if you say that New Orleans, in fact, is the smelliest place he's been, that tracks. So I'm, I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to give him the, that one. Uh, Bengals have lost three tough games in the final seconds recently, and they now are on their second straight week on the road as they face New Orleans. And it's a, it's practically a pick em. Uh, Cincinnati's favored by one and a half on the road in this game. Giants are the underdog as they return home. After beating the Packers, they now host Baltimore. This is a tough week for them because they're coming back from London without the bye. That's their choice. We saw it last week, too. And they're now hosting Baltimore, who needs to kind of keep track with some of the other top teams in the AFC record-wise. And Lamar Jackson's looking to get back on track as well. Uh, He's been playing well, but some games have been getting out of of, uh, his hand or he's been throwing some picks late. Brian Dayball. He's the early front-runner for Coach of the Year, though. And he will be the talk of the league if he pulls the upset here. Uh, Not only because of the fact that they're coming back from London and it's just kind of a a weird transition as you host Baltimore, but also because he hired Wink Martindale after Baltimore fired Wink Martindale. The Ravens' defense has not been good. Uh, They've been allowing uh, plenty of yards through the air. And meanwhile, the Giants' defense, it doesn't matter who's playing for them, they've been pretty good. Um, The difference, though, Chad, Baltimore was minus 11 in turnover margin last year. And right now through five games, they have a plus five turnover differential. That's why they're winning versus last year's struggles. And, you know, they're they're getting more takeaways even without Martindale there. Yeah, defense has been bad, but opportunistic. And that's what's giving them some wins. Uh, Eight interceptions already this season for Baltimore. Steelers hosting the Bucks. Brady and company going on the road as we will see Kenny Pickett's first start at home for Pittsburgh. 
Last two weeks, Tom Brady has attempted 104 passes. The Bucks, in the same amount of time, they have 29 combined carries. 104 passes, 29 carries. And in those 104 pass attempts, Brady has only been sacked once. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, now, he was gifted a penalty last week, and he would admit that. Uh, since 2016, Brady is 5-2 and two when he throws 50 or more passes in a game. The rest of the NFL, uh, quarterbacks in that same time frame from 2016 to now, again, he's 5-2. and two. NFL quarterbacks, 21-105-4 when a QB passes more than 50 times in a game. You don't win unless you're Tom Brady. Brady's response when asked about that penalty for the roughing the passer was perfect. He said, I don't throw flags, I throw tablets. So I can't speak to the flag, yeah. which was great. Let me emphasize the point one, one more time, though, on that stat. Let's go just active quarterbacks for right now. NFL research tells us among all active quarterbacks, Brady, 23 wins when he attempts more than 50 passes in a game. No other active quarterback right now has more than five wins whenever they attempt 50 or more passes in a game. It just doesn't happen. He gets it done somehow. Uh, even if you think that he's lost a step or, you know, he's he's done. This team is somehow pulling out wins. It's an interesting game on the road. They're favored by eight and a half, I believe, on the road in Pittsburgh. So not the double-digit underdog for, for Tomlin. Um, let's go to L.A., shall we? Let's do it. L.A. Rams, home again, this time hosting the Carolina Panthers. This is a must-win. This game's a must-win for L.A. Uh, their upcoming schedule is brutal. And now you look at, well, you've got Cooper Cup and who else? That's their issue. Um, traditionally, over the past 20 years of the league, 32 teams have fired their coach in season. Matt Rule's out now, and Steve Wilkes is the interim coach at Carolina. So that's happened 32 times in season over the last 20 years. Those teams have gone 15 and 17 straight up or 17 and 15 against the spread in the following game after they fired their head coach. So it's basically 50-50 on how a certain team responds. And this is not a Rams team that is anywhere close to what we saw a year ago. They're they're allowing a ton of hits on Stafford. He's been sacked 21 times. He has more interceptions than touchdowns. He has 7 picks, 5 touchdown passes. It's rough. And, and that, 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 by the way, is over his last three starts. So, can Carolina shock everyone? Can Steve Wilkes win the job this week, Chad? No, we cannot. <laughs> uh, can he win it by the end of the season? I'm probably also going to say, no, he no, cannot. No, he cannot. Cardinals on the road in Seattle. The Mariners, if they host a game on Sunday, we may know that sooner rather than later based on... Uh, this it's a best of five, and Houston just took the lead, I believe. Chad, you can see it. Yeah, it's a uh, maybe a two-run home run for Houston. They okay. lead three to two okay. right now. So but we that's don't what the know. We won't know me. if Seattle is hosting a game or not uh, on on Sunday. But if they do, they're going to move this kickoff between the Cardinals and Seahawks back ninety minutes. Right now, it's four oh five Eastern. Jordan Alvarez with the home run. Okay. Michael they, McHenry's guy. Yeah, yeah. They will move uh they will move kickoff for Seattle and Arizona to 535 Eastern. Geno Smith, he's completing a league best 75% of his passes and um 1300 yards passing as I do this math. Yeah, 1300 and nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Fantastic play. 
Arizona's got to win for Cliff Kingsbury's sake, I think. This is a big game for them uh, within the division. Late afternoon kickoffs. Bills and Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog for the first time in his 42 career starts at Arrowhead Stadium. In those, uh, I mean, this is unprecedented. Uh, when he is an underdog, he's 7-0-1 against the spread for his career. He's not an underdog often. He's never been an underdog at home. He is this week as Josh Allen and the Bills visit. And we know that Josh Allen's crazy first half was insane. But look at it through the lens of Gabriel Davis in the first half against Pittsburgh last week. Three catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. That means he averaged 57 yards per catch through the first two quarters. Bills after this go into the bye week, and the Chiefs will head to San Francisco. Sunday night football, Cowboys are headed to Philly to take on the Eagles through five games, the unbeaten Eagles. They have 58 explosive plays. I'm tallying that based on 15 yards or more offensively. They lead the league, 58 of those. And their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, um, he leads the league. He's number one. He has 42 explosive plays. Uh, This is a really good Dallas defense, too. This is a great matchup. Is it weird that I'm almost in in more anticipation of this game than I am Bill's Chiefs? I mean, I... I, so I, I, I love, have, I love I this matchup. Know, I need to know about Micah Parsons. He strained his groin in the first quarter last week in L.A. Now, he finished with two sacks and a forced fumble on the final drive against Stafford. But he, I need to know where he is on his, is he 100%? Is he 90%? Maybe for those that would say he's the best player, and I would. I think he's the best player on defense right now. Maybe it doesn't matter. This guy... Is fun to watch, and I can't wait to see him go up against Jalen Hurts and the momentum that this offense has. The Cowboys, they've allowed just 72 points. That's behind only San Francisco and Buffalo. San Fran and Buffalo have allowed 61 each. Eagles also go into the bye, just like Buffalo, after this game. Dallas will host Detroit. The Lions are coming off of their bye week. Monday Night Football, Broncos are coming off that horrendous game. If they score a touchdown, it'll be a better one here in Los Angeles. Uh, they are taking on the Chargers in the division. Chargers back home after two straight wins on the road. Russell Wilson, his completion percentage, 59%. Let's compare that. What did I say for uh, Geno Smith? He's completing 75% of his passes. Russell Wilson, 59%. Four touchdowns, three interceptions. The Chargers defense, though, they've allowed 29 points per game on average over the last four weeks so if Denver's going to get back on track this is a Chargers defense that will let you do that I just don't think it's going to happen Chad not because of Russell Wilson but who's their coach Uh, Nathaniel Hackett he's one and done I don't know if you've heard this from me yet but he is definitely going to be a one and done coach but I will say this in the defense of Nathaniel Hackett a lot of what I'm seeing with the Broncos is a Russell Wilson problem he's a big part of the problem too Hackett, but in terms of that inaccuracy, that completion percentage oh, yeah. at 59%, that's a lot to do with Russell Wilson. Some to do with Hackett also in, in the offense, but Wilson's not been good. That is one big thing on every NFL game, or at least one thing on every at NFL least, game. At least, yeah. Multiple we'll give you our things, upside, upset picks, and we'll look at, uh, we'll narrow this down to like five, six really good games uh, for tomorrow's uh, show as well as we look at Sunday and Monday. What I hope, Hutton, is that the listener or viewer takes from that from the multiple things you give them on every game takes one big thing away (laughs) so when we say one big thing on on the nfl weekend what we mean is 
you're going to take away one big nugget off of that list. Maybe it helps game. you as you as you prepare for either fantasy or you know your big gambling weekend, or you're just a massive fan like us, and you just want to know. You know, you want to know more than you know touchdown passes for, by a quarterback or you know rushing yards by the rookie running back. A wise man once said, "Knowledge is power," and that's a powerful message. And that knowledge that we just gave you, that Hutton gave you, is very powerful. What I'm trying to say is children are the future. <laughs> More let knowledge. Them, More knowledge next. The As we get into Thursday night football, we'll give you our picks through outkick.com slash bet. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thursday night football, Washington and Chicago. The Bears are going with their color rush. They've got the uh, the orange helmets. I think they look cool. I don't know if they're going to be ripped or not. Um, they've got this orange alternate helmet, and the uniforms are the at least the the jerseys are the same color. I think they're going white pants, which is the right call. Here's what I think about the this alternate uniform. I love the Bears' normal uniform so much that it's going to be hard to see this for me. Yeah, but. I, I saw the helmet. You showed me a picture of it, Hutton. I, I don't hate it, but their normal uniform's just so much better. With the Navy and the Navy helmet with the orange C. I, so much better. I like the fact that you can now mess with the helmet as well as the jersey, which is a, a Oh, new I like thing that too. too. Um, let's get our picks in. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can make your bet, make your picks through DraftKings. Again, that's outkick.com slash bet. Chad, I'm going with Carson Wentz. At having at least one interception right now, the over under is point five. I don't trust him, even like especially if the game's on the line. So I'm taking the over there, and I'm taking the over on both kickers, whatever it ends up being. I think Cairo Santos is like one and a half field goals. Give me the over there, and I'll I'll take the over with Washington too. I don't think this is a very high scoring game, and because of that, I think they're uh, one of these kickers is going to win the game, and they're going to be kicking a lot. Uh, maybe one of these kickers loses a game, but I'm taking the makes. And I think it is a field goal fest that not many of us want to watch. You are going very in-depth with the interception and the field goals. I, I like that. I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Uh, I think the Bears are going to win at home tonight. They're a one-point underdog at home. Give me Bears money line. And to do that, it's not going to be a lot of Justin Fields passing. We haven't seen much of that in his career so far. David Montgomery, anytime touchdown tonight, plus 145 is the number. He has the highest odds to score a touchdown in this game of any other player, commander or bear. I want Dave, I'm giving David Montgomery anytime touchdown Bears money line to win outright tonight against Washington. Um so next week, and I realize it's Thursday, I'm already previewing next week. Armando's going to be in New York for the NFL owners meetings. I asked him if if Snyder's there, if he's not, if he's allowed to be there. Mark Maskey with the Washington Post tweets this out. Attorneys for the commanders say Daniel Snyder is, quote, no longer under any NFL restriction, end quote, on his involvement in team operations. The league repeatedly has said that Snyder's ownership status remains unchanged from July 2021. 
Is this dude showing up at the at the league meetings next week? I hope so. Me too. Especially after that report. Come on. I know Armando's hoping so. His attorneys are saying that he's no longer under any NFL restrictions. I mean, clear the, the NFL can restrict him again with one statement, which is probably what we're in for here. Uh, Chad, we're in for a great weekend, and we kick it off early for everybody tomorrow in uh, Friday show live at Cool Beans in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Alabama on Saturday. Great atmosphere on Rocky Top, and we will bring it to you live here on and across the Outkick Network. Scale of 1 to 10, where are you on your anticipation for this game? As you head back to your... 14. You head uh, back to your alma mater. 14. I mean, this is the biggest, biggest stakes, biggest atmosphere I've been around in a long time in Knoxville for a game, especially against Alabama. With the history of that rivalry, everything else, this is through-the-roof excitement. Uh, for Tennessee and Alabama fans in this game. Alabama fans may be sweating a little bit for the first time leading up to a Tennessee game in a long time. And Tennessee fans have a little bit of reason for optimism in this in this series for the first time in a long time. We're going to have a blast at Cool Beans tomorrow. An absolute staple in Knoxville. A bar that's been around for a while. People love. You know where it is. Come see us tomorrow. Going to be a great uh, energy, great environment. Really looking forward to it. It feels like today's a Friday because we leave for Knoxville yeah. tomorrow. So we do have another show tomorrow. Oh, It's going to be a big one. Tony Vitello, Tennessee head go. baseball coach, is going to join us live. Trey Wallace will be there too Yeah, from OutKick. Uh, he's covering the game for OutKick.com. Big, biggest game in the country. Biggest game in the SEC. OutKick's got you covered both with 360 and on the site. Hope you'll join us either in person if you're there or across the OutKick network, this great radio station, or streaming live at outkick.com catch you tomorrow friday edition starts at 2 central 3 eastern on outkick 360.